pair to put on your tinfoil hats. Tonight we're going to be talking to a guest from Brazil about her great-grandfather's encounter with extraterrestrials. If you have had an experience that you would like to share, you can contact us at challengeunknown at gmail.com. So the thing is, my grandma, she never tells stories, she never lies nor anything. And one time we were at dinner, this I was smaller, I was around 14, and we started talking about aliens and who believed it, who didn't, etc. And she said, very ashamed, I'll never forget how ashamed she was. And she was like, in aliens I believe. And then she started telling us that when her grandfather was younger, we are from the south of Brazil. So this happened in the countryside of the south of Brazil around between 1900 and 1920s. And when he was coming back from one party, one ball that they used to have back in the day, from the place to his home, he would have to walk through the middle of a forest. You know, countryside, all days, no light, no anything. Right. And one day he's, he's walking back home and he starts seeing a lot of light and some weird voices. So he hides behind the bush to see what's going on because it's not usual to happen this in the middle of a forest. And when he looks to, to the whole movement, he, he described it as being giant plates stacked on top of each other with lights coming out of it and tiny little small men talking in a language he never heard of before. He couldn't understand a single thing. He was extremely scared. He started praying and he was just praying until the little man went away. She says that after he ran home, he got home extremely scared and he he prays until he prayed until he died after that because he was mortified with everything. It's really hmm. scary. How much mm -hmm. uh, detail did uh, did you get from uh, this encounter? Did he say how tall these things were? Just that they were, or were they just small? He said that they were very small, like like knee length, you know. Oh, knee length. Okay. So yeah. like two or three feet. Yes. That is really small. Yes. And speaking a language he never heard of, it was for him it was extremely scary because. And what most interesting to me is that I posted this on Reddit because I wanted to see if more people had a similar encounter or something like this. Because like my grandma says, they never heard of aliens before. They never heard of this description before. She only heard about something similar years after she was grown up and she moved to the big city. That's when she started hearing about people describing spaceships and green men and these kind of things. And she remembers exactly that that's how her grandfather used to describe the encounter, you know? Mm -hmm. And somebody posted a link to uh, vintage Halloween cards. I don't know if you guys saw it. And they had this tiny little man in these vintage Halloween cards that I had nightmares over because it's so similar to the description. <laughs> okay, so you, you said that... um what he saw basically looked like a bunch of plates stacked on top of each other with lights coming out of them yes okay did did you get a description on the color of the lights mm -mm, no no okay so it's basically just um like dinner plates stacked on top of each other with a bunch of lights yes. and little green men or not green but little men inside the forest yes okay actually Thanks. they were outside from what he was saying they were outside they were on the ground talking and Okay, okay. So these beings, whatever they were, these, these small men, as he described them as, they were 
outside of the craft, I guess we'll call it, um, or whatever it was, the, the thing with the lights. Yes. Yes, they were outside. Yeah, that's really freaky. I can't imagine that, especially being back in the in the 1900s, like early 1900s. I mean, imagine something in, you never heard of. Right, exactly. That's something that you know you don't hear about stuff like that out there. Um, even yes. even in the big cities back then, I don't think that was really big talk because our um, a hundred years ago we were we were a ways back. We were we were still a ways back of where we are today. So that kind of stuff, you know, that that I can only imagine what that would have been like seeing something like that before we had a lot of the tech that we have today. Yes, like my grandma says, he just started praying. <laughs> yeah, can, you, um, can you give a generalized description just so that we can get a picture of uh, the lay of the land? So like, is it a jungle or is it just forest and grasslands or? It's forest, no, it's forest like with trees, but not too high. Like if you go in a, um, I think you guys are from the U.S. In the U.S., they have this land very common. For example, around that Washington region, you know, where the trees are not so high, but they're still thick forests. Mm, okay. Okay. Absolutely. Like um, pine forests. Yes. Gotcha. But with but not with pine trees, with more uh, Brazilian trees like mm -hmm. apples and oranges and this this type of tree. Okay, so like kind of like a fruit farm in a way. Yes. Okay, okay. Visually, visually. Visually. These these all grew wildly. They're wild yes. plants. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine that um do you know how far it was for him to walk from this uh this ball to the um to his home? Like how, how far was that walk? Do you know that? I was thinking about this before the podcast. At least forty minutes, one hour. At least because back in the day until today if you go to the countryside of of the south of Brazil in that region, you are going to the, in the countryside places are very different from each other. And if you had to cross a patch of of land, it had to be at least forty minutes, one hour. To get just to by home. walking. Just by walking. Yeah. Okay. It's quite a distance. Yeah, and that was probably a shortcut. If not, he would have the gotten the path, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good point. So, is this an assumption or is this a fact? I think it's that an assumption. Was... I think it's an assumption. Okay, off the beaten path, basically. What? He, uh, off the beaten path. It's um, so instead of walking on a trail, he was walking through the forest. Yes, because it makes no sense, you know, to not go to the trail. And if they had this ball place, there has to be a trail. So if he was going from that place to his home, he had to be doing a shortcut or something. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, so. This story's been handed down through, uh, from, this is your great-grandfather, correct? Or great-great-grandfather? Yes. yes. So he told your grandmother and your grandma hands it down to you. Yes. What is, um, what does your grandma think about all this? That's the thing with my grandma. She believes 100% on it. Because from her own experience, they never heard of nothing similar. That was something very unique. That this story was very unique and very, just to her grandfather. Until he got to, until she got to the city, and years later she starts seeing the description of UFOs and these people from outer space, and they fit exactly what he was describing. Mm. And she believes it a hundred percent, and I know she does because my grandmother she doesn't tell stories. She never talked about Santa Claus. She never confirmed it. She 
it's not on her style, you know? And it's very yeah. obvious when she lies. So I know she believes 100%. In... So she's a, a very, like, honest and open person. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I can't imagine being, like, back in the 1920s and you see something so scary. Like, the way I picture it in Brazil... Uh, back in the 1920s, it was nothing but like farms in the southern southern parts and of the country. And chances are, chances are, it's even before that, you know. Mm -hmm. I keep when I do the calculations of with my grandma's age and everything. If her grandfather had her mother when he was 20, and her mother had her when she was 20, it would be in the 20s. But if they had a little bit older, it's even before. So it's even scarier because it's even less technology, even less people, even less city. Oosh. <laughs> yeah, the, the farther imagine. back it goes, the the creepier it gets, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's like nowadays, if you look at it, seeing lights in the sky is kind of common because of like airplanes and people flying their little drones and stuff like that. But back then, there was no such thing. Yes. Imagine not even inside the house. I don't know if they had it inside the house already. You know, it's something so new. I think it was more to the city. So mm -hmm. not even they have electric lights, but suddenly in the middle of the forest, you see stacked up giant plates <laughs> <laughs> blasting out this thing. Oosh. Can I ask um, what, what your close relatives that know the story think about it? They all believe it. They all believe it? Yes. They believe in aliens like 100%. Yes. Oh. And every time we ask them, the main reason is the story of my grandma. Even when I stop to believe and I think, nah, baby, it's not true. I remember it and I'm like, man, I, I'm a believer. <laughs> I don't blame you. Like that, that seems like that'd be such a crazy thing to make up like back in that time. So I, I think right. that it's a very honest he saw, uh, story. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that he saw something in that forest that night because there's that was before there was people talked about ufos that was before there was commercialization of this kind of stuff like people didn't talk about this especially in rural areas like you're yes, not gonna exactly yeah so for him to have, have some kind of story like that all the way back then that's that's pretty incredible yeah i agree i mean i only wish he could have caught pictures because they had cameras back then but yeah but nothing I mean... as simple as a handheld Right, no yes. one's walking around with cameras back in that day, you know, in their pocket, so. <laughs> Lucky for us, Sean had a camera in his pocket the other night, and we were able to get that footage of whatever was in the sky that night. Yeah. You guys got a footage? We did, it's, um, I'll link it to you, it's on our Facebook page, but, um. Thank you. We, um, we, we're here in, uh, the United States, and, uh, I'm, I'm out of Arizona, which is, um, one of the desert states, so we have pretty arid regions and um it's it's full big city but yeah. um back in the um 90s there was this i think it was like 95 or was it 97 it was 97 there was this big ufo incident that happened over the city there was this giant you can look you can look it up online but it was this they called it the phoenix lights and this large light craft flew over the city in 1997 and a bunch of people got it on footage and oh um, it was seen by like hundreds, if not thousands of people for hours. And it was this big mystery. And the other night I was out with uh, two of my best friends. And one of my best friends had his sister there with her boyfriend. And we were out in a park in, in the middle of the city. And it was, I think, 
little after midnight and we saw these bright lights in the sky they had like flame trails coming off of them and they were like erratically like swinging around each other up in the sky and then they would stop and hover and they would turn to like normal lights and and we got it all on we got it all on camera um but it was uh it was really really interesting to watch because we watched it for probably two or three minutes before it went away my first cousin he always tell a story when he was about seven or eight they were coming home from the countryside so there were no helicopters nor anything and he said there was this round flashy light that started following their car and he said he watched it for at least 20 minutes that flashy things uh, swirling around in the sky following their car until they were reaching close to the city and then it disappeared he always mm -hmm. talks about it that's really uh, interesting yeah so like is it did you describe it as a ball of light or is it just like coming from a source he described like coming from a source of various lights uh swirling around you know oh yeah and following his car that's really uh that's eerie yeah you can see that he believes way more than everybody else in my grandma tells the story <laughs> <laughs> can i ask um how old he was when when this happened it was around seven or eight. Seven or eight, okay. Yeah. What I like about those kind of encounters when people talk about them later down the line in life is there's always, like, people have had encounters that we've had on. They're like, oh, I saw something out of the corner of my eye, but, you know, it's never really stuck with me. But people always seem to have this one encounter that yeah. always sticks with them for, like, their entire life that just never goes away. And whenever it comes up, that's what they go to. Um, Thank God I never had. I'm so scared of it. You have no idea. I think it would be... Um, oh, go ahead. I am completely terrified of this abduction thing. It's the only thing I never grew out of. Oof, nightmare. Yeah, it'd be it'd be very scary to be abducted because, I mean, the stories that you hear is people get, like, you know, work done on them, so they cut them open and they seal them back up. So that'd be very scary to have happen. Mm -hmm. But the initial thought of having some sort of a counter with uh, extraterrestrials would be very exciting for me. And you know, one explanation, some people posted in the, in the comments when I posted looking for more people with similar encounters, was that they may not be from other planets physically, but from other dimensions. Have you seen that? I've heard that. In Brazil, yeah. yeah, and in Brazil, we have many religions, many, many, many that believe in aliens, but they say that they are actually evolved evolved spirits from that reach other dimensions, and then sometimes they can sweep and come and... You know what I mean? Yeah, so dimensional travelers instead yes, of... Yes, dimensional uh, travelers, yes. Space travelers. Okay. I, I, think, I think that one's kind of cool to think about, because, I mean, uh, traveling through space and time is already a very complex thing that us as humans don't have a grasp on but it, it would be interesting to think of some sort of species whether it's from our universe or not has the capability to travel through different dimensions and space or time yes and have you seen the footage from the military my boyfriend was showing me this the encounters of the military with ufos that they just couldn't describe what it was it's on youtube so many of them recent ones recent Maybe. ones very very recent and very good quality of image I know what she's talking about. We uh, we watched them on Halloween. The US Air Force. That's right. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we saw yeah, those. I saw that. 
it was really big here in the states um a lot of news sources were covering it because it's like it was a big if, deal out here if the government and the military is admitting that there are things out there that they don't understand and they think could be from different worlds or whatever then it's got to be true you know mm-hmm. yes yeah i really like that how you were talking about the different religions out out there where you uh where you live and how they have these different theories about these kind of things um yes. one of the things that I always point to when it comes to religion or that kind of stuff is in a lot of religions um, and belief systems, there's always constants. Um, like for example, Dane, the night hag that we talked about last episode. Um, that's one of the things that no matter where you are is always constant. And the description is so specific. It's just, it's too much to be a coincidence in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I like the I like the whole interdimensional thought process behind it because the multiverse theory postulates that there's infinite realities um, that have basically infinite. Everything's infinite, um, and if there's some type of being that can travel between these different dimensions or worlds, as we would call them, that'd be really. Uh, That'd be a crazy topic my, to think about. In my religion, they believe that aliens are us, for example. Not aliens, like, I don't want to put like that because it seems like I'm saying it, but so many people in my religion, they believe that aliens and these things, they are us, but evolved us from the future, you know? They are spirits that manage to evolve to so many levels, they're capable of coming back, getting information or spreading information and then going back to their place. I don't know how I feel about it, but it's, if you go to Brazilian religions, you're going to find a lot of things, and so many are connected with with alien life, with UFOs, and including them in the in the Bible and everything. It's really amazing to see how it goes. I think Stackhouse that would be a good place to visit for when we um, start traveling. I think that would uh, absolutely be a good uh, good place for us to go out and visit at some point down the road. Do you personally? <laughs> Do you personally have like um, a specific location or uh, uh, yeah, I'd say location that you could recommend that maybe is a hotspot for some sort of information like this? I think Sao Paulo because it's Sao the Paulo. biggest city. It's the biggest city, so you have the biggest mixture. You have every single religion, every single culture there. So I think you have big, a better chance of finding. But I would recommend talking to people before to know where they're from. For example, I have an aunt. And mm -hmm. she believes that we come from these aliens. She believes there are like three species of aliens that they keep orbiting Earth. We don't see because they are in, from this from this other dimension, but they keep orbiting Earth, and they are the ones who put human life into Earth. And these three races, she said, you can even try our DNA or something to see from which race you are from, etc. Mm -hmm. And that's a big community of believers of of this here. So I would. I would search for these uh, ufologists and Brazilian ufologists to see where the, the big conventions are before coming. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like um, out in Brazil that there's... Uh, well, I, I guess I could just ask you this directly. In Brazil and the areas that you live, are people more accepting of these ideas of extraterrestrials and these beings existing? 
Yes, yes. I have many people who don't believe at all. I have like my aunt who believes a lot, and they're very accepting. In Bra that's the thing about Brazil. People are accepting in general. Your religion, whatever it is, everything is fine. In my own close family, we have like five different religions and everybody's fine with it. We go to different religion places. As long as it's peaceful, as long as it's with good intentions, everybody's okay with it. That's what I really like about it. That's a really good outlook to have on life in general. Yeah, and that's why you you get so much diversity and you get so many different opinions on, and outlooks and you can find people who suit your your way of seeing life it's really beautiful i like it mm -hmm. can i ask um if you believe in things such as ghosts or i don't know if you've ever heard of bigfoot or the yeti maybe the bigfoot and yeti to me it sounds more like a child story that one i don't believe but in ghosts mm -hmm. yes i do i've had ugh, i've had i've had some some encounters and that just that hit the mark for me and with ghosts, they had way too many. Is it more of like um, your your lights flickering, or is it more of like something that you would deem threatening towards yourself? Uh, one time, I was living I was living in Russia, around mm. uh, some time ago, and I was alone at home. And when I entered inside the bathroom, the door hit behind me, and it locked itself. I didn't lock the door; the thing under the key locked itself. Mm. And while that, like, I was hearing some stuff falling and some things knocking, but I thought it was my imagination or the wind or whatever. And after that, I called my father and I was like, Father, send help. <laughs> so he went to his praying group and they sent, like, some spiritual help and etc. And it seemed to stop, you know? I was very thankful. Mm -hmm. Another time, I was living in another country and it was near a, a graveyard. And I was leaving the shower. I was completely alone. It was in a dorm's room. And there was just a child's hand around four years old in the steam of in the mirror with oh, even the fissures wow. of the hand the fissures of the hand were in the mirror so i called my father again because he studied more and i was like father what do i do he said pray for the soul to find light and etc and i did and everything but i left the hand there to see that i was not crazy you know because i have the tendency to not want to believe mm -hmm. so i left it there and for a whole week after i showered it would still show up after one week, I cleaned it, and that was enough. That was enough for myself to see. To make you believe that yes. something was there. Yes. One time, I was sitting also in church, <laughs> but it was in a part where the the person comes and gives you a blessing with the hands and etc. And I start feeling somebody pulling my head, my head down. Okay, and I was like, okay, the person who is doing this to me is doing it. But then the person starts to put it way down, way down in my neck, starts hurting, and then they push my head down, uh, up and goes down, you know, they, they pull it, they pull my head down. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, and then I opened my eyes, and the person who was doing it with my hands was sitting like across me, just looking at me and asked, are you okay? Because they thought I was doing that to myself, and I was <laughs> like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and I felt it, you know? I love that's it. really scary, that so that's really like... So like I almost... this... oh, sorry, go ahead. So I had these three encounters very real to me, and that to me is enough to believe. Okay. That's what I hear a lot from people that I talk to um, since we've started doing this, is people will say, oh, you know, it's just too much. 
it's it's one thing when it's one little thing or maybe two little things, but once these things they experience so many of these things, they're like, all right, like something's going on here. There's just it's too much to be, yes. you know, explainable. Yes, exactly. I don't know. Um, I don't know how. Uh, not how often, but how much you uh, encounter shamanism in Brazil. Do you know anything about that? Shamanism? The word? We hear a lot, but I don't know what you mean. Uh, so, I don't know if you know, like, in the Amazon, there are shamans who uh, work with spirits and you drink ayahuasca. Uh, that even in the city. That even in the city you can find very easily. Like, what do Not you... What do you know uh, about like that correlation towards, um, I'm going to call it the spiritual realm? Mm -hmm. That's the thing, with the ayahuasca and this kind of thing, we don't really have it in the city, not that I heard of, but you can find centers for everything. We have a very big religion there that is called the Spiritism, mm -hmm. and their belief is that we live, we evolve, we leave the body, and then we reincarnate. And we keep doing this until our spirit has evolved enough to go to the next level of existence. And we keep mm -hmm. going and keep going. They believe we come from another earth that was called... Ah, I forgot the name. But we come from another earth. The spirit that couldn't evolve enough in that earth came to this. And etc, etc. And because of that, they believe that spirits who disincarnate, who leave the body, they can come in contact again with living mortals. Sometimes they don't know they have been disincarnated. Sometimes they come to contact in purpose. And this religion is really big. You have mm. another, and it's French, it's French. And then you have an African religion also there that it's called Umbanda. They are African, but they say exactly the same thing. They use different terminology, but their belief is exactly the same as spiritism. Okay, so to generalize, it's uh, basically your spirits or your spirit uh, goes to a body, it, you know, it takes form or whatever, and then when you die, your matter, what you're made of physically is gone, but uh, your spirit moves on to a, a new body. Yes, and in Umbanda, they have this, not, this happens in every city in Brazil, I think, they have these sessions where spirits that are more evolved, they enter the body of somebody else, they call it a horse, and this spirit then can, can talk to people in a, in a mundane level, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I were you, I would check it out. That's the closest I think you can get to shamanism. And then we have like dark magic, which involves killing animals and etc. But that I, I never really studied because I don't think it's very positive for myself. I don't yeah. know for others, but for, for myself it isn't. But for others, maybe it works. And then they have this more... Uh, you have every single type in Brazil, but I think the biggest ones involving the supernatural would be Spiritism, Umbanda. Spiritism and how do you say it? Ubanda? U-M-B-A-N-D-A, uh, -A -A, Umbanda. U Umbanda. Yes, and, okay. and some other African ones that also involve the, the mystic. Sorry, I had to look that up real quick. Umbanda. I'm gonna dig, dig deep into that because I'm really interested in, in interested in um, uh, shamanism, religions that um, practice that. Umbanda, thank you. I think that it's got to have some sort of correlation to um, some sort of correlation to the paranormal. 
Yes. This is awesome. I am. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this uh, this interview so far. Um, <laughs> if you could tell me, how often do you hear about going back to the UFOs and stuff in today? How often do you hear about encounters in your city? Not very much. I think people are not looking for it, you know? Because in the city, if you see any light in the sky, you automatically say it's an airplane, it's, it's a helicopter, mm-hmm. whatever. People are not looking for it, not even myself. Me, myself, right. I prefer to look the other way. Like I told you, I'm very scared of it. I feel like if <laughs> I see it, they're going to come after me. I prefer not. <laughs> Just avoid it, right? Yes. But now they, ah, there's also one community in Brazil, these are my, my cousins, and they talk directly about aliens, and their religion is the aliens. They pray for them, and they believe these aliens send them energy to cure it, to cure people, and etc. And they go to the countryside in places where there is no phone connection or anything to do some hiking and stuff, so they can reach a peak of a mountain where the alien ship is supposed to come and to, and to give the blessings and to give the spiritual connection to you. There is not a name for it, but I have two cousins very close who went for it, and they said it is a very once-in-a-lifetime experience that when you reach that place in the mountain, you feel like you went to another dimension. It doesn't feel real. They were not three days hiking to reach that place. Three days? Yes. And I I had to do a surgery for my back. So when I was a teenager, before doing the surgery, we tried everything besides medicine. We also were doing medicine, but we were trying extra stuff as well because we just get scared. We went to this guy. He was called Paulo. He's called Paulo. He was in the south of Brazil. He traveled the whole world, and his religion is... He is directly connected with these aliens. And he said that these aliens give him energy to help people. And some people really report to get better. Hmm. After... And I felt like it was really weird because I, when I was doing the session, I still had to do the surgery, of course, but I would feel like he was giving me shocks, you know, but it was just his hands and there were really strong shocks that would be like screaming and stuff. It was very, now that we are talking about it, I'm remembering it. I was 16 back then. Check is out it, for this. Well, is it like a, a sensation of being electrocuted? Something like that? Yes. But in a specific place, I would even raise my body from the table. Check these people out as well, because they, they're claiming to have direct connections with aliens and UFOs. And it's really awesome to see what they're doing. Yeah, we have to look into that. That sounds outstanding. Yes. That sounds really cool. Um, I know a lot of older religions um, reference sky deities, as we would call them. In, uh, in how they, they used to reference them as sky deities. Um, but like a lot of them reference this, um, these beings that came from the sky. And I mean, these are, these are ancient religions. Do you think that any of these older religions would have potentially been worshiping the same beings or whatever that your cousins were? Easily, easily, no doubt about that. Because it's the same, it's the same theory. And before people say that he was doing it for the money and etc., everything was for free. The only thing you had to pay for the trip to go to this mountain was your expenses, like your ticket and stuff to go there with him. 
but because he was doing it for himself, he he didn't charge much more, you know. And there were some track some track guides because we had to go climb some mountains, so we had to pay for this track guide for our safety. But he was taking no profit from it, and that's. So he was doing it of his own goodwill. Yes, decided okay. to survive mission. That's really cool. I like that. That's pretty honorable. Yeah. Man, I'd love to see one of these um, sky deities or whatever uh, he would refer to them as. Or I'd, I'd definitely like to see them, you know, in Me person. Too. That'd be cool. I can only imagine cousin, what they would look like. My cousin said they didn't. They didn't see it. They just felt like they were not on Earth anymore. Like Which they was were like so a sensation. Tired. Yeah, they said there was three days like of hiking the cold. They were so tired. But after they reached there, everything was fine. <laughs> and they felt like they were not on Earth anymore. It's amazing. That sounds like a really interesting experience. Yes. Maybe uh, maybe one day we'll uh, pay for that trip, Dane. We'll, we'll go up to that mountain peak and uh, get the full experience. I think that would be a great idea. There's a lot to discover in Brazil now. I'm in South America in general now. I didn't realize that there was so much... Um, religion yeah. surrounding these types of uh, encounters. We have even cities dedicated to to alien visits. Really? Uh, yes, there is one that's very famous that people go there and they take pictures with little aliens and stuff because it's famous to have a, a UFO had landed there. This is a city famous for a, a UFO encounter. It became touristic because of that. <laughs> What's the pronunciation on it that? again? Oi. How do you say do you that again? Pronounce it? Yeah. Virginia. Oh, it's like Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, yes. Yes. Dan, I don't even I don't even know how you pulled that off. There's no way my broken language could even <laughs> attempt to pronounce that. There's oh my wow. Impressive. <laughs> I'm impressed, Dane. Well, you know I like to talk to people from different countries, like mainly China, but Right. But uh, thank you, thank so, you much so much for coming on, sharing your story. It was awesome. I thank it. you guys, and if anybody has similar story, please share. <laughs> I will, and I'll make sure to send you that video 